it's how great that we can have a global footprint here in Narrabri, northwest New South Wales, that makes a difference to people all over the world. And uh, thank you, sir. He's all over this. And just to clarify, um, we're not asking for um, any separate offering this morning, unless you want to, of course, for those missions. They're things we already support week in, week out each month, um, with the exception that we do have four places with our 10 by 10 program, if you would like to be one of those people that can keep the meeting space open and uh, pay the rent for that. And it's it's so cool and God always provides and he probably will provide through you as well. And uh, the thing is, is that I just feel it's so key at a time like this that the church is open for business as much as we can be. And so when anyone says, like, if you look at it from a rationalist point of view, like if we were doing cost-cutting, it would be easy to go, right, look at that rent out there. We can't even use it to full capacity at the moment, uh, you know, because we only allowed 11 in that space at a time with our COVID regulations. But uh, you know what? I think it would be a sad thing if a church disappeared, a church presence disappeared from the main street of a town. So we are definitely going to be there um, in whatever capacity we can. Um, I'm not quite sure if Mevo's on yet, but anyway, hopefully it's clicking in. Well, this morning um, I get to preach a little bit earlier, which is exciting. I was scheduled for next week, but uh, a plan was hatched this morning for me to replace Trish, who is okay. She just has hay fever, so she's just taking the morning off. And I'm excited because I'm always ready to go. I'm always good to go with a word in my heart. In fact, I have them queued up. So, look out with the time that's left. And I'll start with a story. Many of you may know, it's sort of a time to reminisce, that six years ago, the Ritchies moved to Narrabri. And it was probably, I think, in April that the whole Ritchie fam hit Narrabri for the first time for a little bit of a visit. Uh, I had a preach in the service and an interview. And uh, the kids and Rod came with me. Previously, I'd come up and met with Peter and Gay Westman and in March, I think it was. And it was astounding because when I'd come up that first time, it was in drought. And then when I came up the next time, it was completely green, a bit like what we've experienced from, you know, last um, spring till now. But anyway, so that was cool. And after all the stuff happened in the morning, we'd been checking out online houses. And so we travelled around the town looking, you know, where our real estate app told us to go, where there were houses that might be available for rent or to buy. Should we feel the call to come here? Should we get offered the job? Should we decide to move? It was a family decision. All of that. Well, we got to Traguna. 18 Dewhurst Street, which most of you have all been there at one time or another. And this was a bit of a special place. And Connor got out of the car, ran around, looked, we all didn't follow him. I think this is a trespassing story, so maybe if we don't upload this later, that'd be okay. <laughs> Had a look around. And at some stage, Connor put a deposit of 20 cents or something under a rock and said, that's our down payment. If we move here, Mum, if you get offered the job, this is the house we're going to live in or I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, yes, the family agreed that we should come, got offered the job, etc., etc. That was in May and we got offered it and then in August we moved up. Pretty quick, right? In that time, we bought that house and the owner dropped 
nearly $100,000, which was one of the things that we need them to do so we could buy the house. So that was awesome. And we sold our home in uh, Wagga Wagga um, at auction after three weeks of it being in the market. And whatever happened, whichever way the paperwork went with solicitors and bank solicitors, they both settled on the same day. It was amazing. But this property, Traguna, was a gorgeous little place. It's quite an iconic house. And it was at one stage a maternity hospital in our community. And we love history. We both have a degree of some sort of in history as well. And uh, yes, yeah, so it was pretty cool for us. And there was one moment when I was back at Wagga in this gap between knowing we were coming, knowing we'd bought the house and actually moving up, when I realised I woke up one night in a fright and I'd actually had a dream or a picture of a child with their face pressed to the glass looking out of the window. And uh, this was going to be our bedroom that they were looking out of. Now, our bedroom, <laughs> don't be freaked out, I was briefly, but you don't need to be, <laughs> was actually the delivery room or the surgery for this maternity hospital. And it kind of dawned on me at that time um, in this quick fright I had in this dream and this face I saw that not only were there beautiful bundles of joy that were born in this home, that was to be our home, but there were children that may have passed away and maybe even mums that didn't make it. And so I thought, what am I going to do about this? And I felt right away, I got up and prayed, cut it off in the spirit, just cut it off, take your trusty sword of the spirit, you can't go down that track. And so I did that. And I made a decision from there on in to only ever focus on the place of new life that it was, of the beautiful, healthy babies, the way they helped people at this place, which was going to be our home. And you know what? The church is a bit like a maternity hospital, right? Good old Traguna back in the day. It's a location for spiritual birth. It's a place that is central to born-again believers together. It's an environment which houses spiritual parents and baby Christians. It's a place of support and growth. And it's hopefully an environment where we, it definitely does happen in my weekly activities, where we walk people through the momentous moments in life. Birth, death, marriage, everything else in between. And like the labour ward, at times it can be a place of hard work where sometimes things can get a bit messy and a bit uncomfortable, but it's a place of joy and a place of new beginnings. And so that's kind of an, a lovely image to focus on, particularly when I was dwelling on what was to be my home. And it made me think of our church because that's very much what we do. But you know what? In the Bible, there are lots of metaphors and heaps of mixed metaphors, even used in the same paragraph at times, that are used in a way to describe the church, the gathering of God's people and the faithful. Paul uses images like God's field, God's building, God's temple or dwelling, a household, citizens, the body of Christ. We spent a bit of time on that in our recent gift series. Of joints being fitted together is another metaphor. Of new creation, spiritual birth, I've just mentioned that one. Peter uses terms like a spiritual house, living stones, a holy priesthood, people of God. 
And this was also used in the Old Testament as well, the image of the people of God significantly. Jesus uses the image of the branches of the vine. And all throughout Scripture, of course, in Old and New Testament, we read of the flock, of the kingdom of God, of ambassadors, of a letter from Christ. We are that letter of being light, of being called the faithful, of being called saints and the family of God. And you may all have a favourite that you like to refer to the church as or to yourself as. And it's important for us to note this morning that the church is not just one of those things, it is all of those things. And this inscription of this mixing of metaphors shows that no one image can do justice to the fullness and the variety and the depth of God's church on the earth. Pretty cool. And you can see that I love the church. You can tell by how I talk about her because it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. And I have been a part of the church since I came to Christ at the age of nearly 16. And is the church perfect? No. (laughs) Are you perfect? No. I rest my case. Right. (laughs) And this variety of images creates a rich tapestry for us, richer than any single image could produce. But whatever the images that scripture is dealing with at any given time, they always point us to the realm in which God, the Father, Jesus Christ and the Spirit are working. That is the place of the church where God is. But for the purpose of clarity for uh, my message this morning, I want to group all these wonderful images that we've talked about because like, they could be a sermon in themselves, right? We could be here for a long time. Just to refer to the gathering. That is one way, an umbrella term that we can use to refer to church where we're hanging out right now. And you might already know this, that the Greek word, ecclesia, is what's actually translated in English as the church. It's actually a compound word in the Greek, ek, which means out, and kaleo, which refers to calling. So we, the church, are the ones who are called out. I like that. Um, And you can just call out and say that if you're the called out. Say, I'm called out. All right, okay. Thanks very much for that. That's a good. (laughs) Um, And the Greek word ecclesia has a Gentile and a Jewish background. Um, When the Gentiles used it, it had connotations of an assembly um, that may have had social or even political or citizenship responsibilities. And then when the Jews used it, it had more of the connotations that we think of today of the people that come together, the, the Jews that were introduced to the Messiah, as ones who love Christ. So there's a bit of a background for us, the gathering. Now, as Ray touched on at the beginning of his awesome sermon last week, we were talking a bit about what gathering looks like at the moment, right? In 2020, in, I was going to say post-pandemic, I'm the eternal optimist, aren't I? (laughs) Not quite post-pandemic yet, even though I like the PP sound. In this world that we're living in, in a, a COVID climate, there's another tongue twister for us. And, you know, regardless of what we previously thought or even what we might currently think about things, online gatherings have actually come into their own, haven't they, in this season. And, you know, there's still whole areas, whole cities in lockdown, you know, and if those people didn't have an online church gathering, they wouldn't be allowed to have much. It would just be whoever was in their household. And some people live alone. There's their goldfish. You know, so the online gathering is so key to them. 
also to churches like the mega churches or churches that aren't blessed with a building like this that is spacious and that meets the government requirements. So let's always, as we're thinking of the gathering, don't forget about those online gatherings because if we come with the right attitude to that and not be blasé about it, God and the Holy Spirit and Father are still working there and we can't just think, oh no, it can only be here. And so, gathering online and in the Zoom room has been invaluable when we've needed it. And it's a wonderful supplementary tool, right, for church planting, for, I don't know, if you're sick, like Trish, she can tune in later if we can get this up and not miss out on what's going on. Um, It may even, I hope not, but may even be a place that our church has to temporarily relocate to for logistical reasons or if further regulations came in place. I'm not expecting that or prophesying that. It is what it is. So I am not dissing the online gathering at all. But what I am grateful for is for the fact that we can still meet physically like this, even with some changes that you guys have been flexible with. And I don't think that long-term, in a post-pandemic world, online church could or should ever replace the gathering of God's people. So hear me right, the balance. I'm grateful for what we have at our um, disposal, but I anticipate and love when we can all get together. So as a believer, as the church, we value the gathering. That's why you showed up. It wasn't just because of the late text about the coffee, right? (laughs) Matthew 18.20 says, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I I am there amongst them. And the Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate. He's there for the two or three. He's there for the three to 300. He's there for the 300 to 3,000 size church. Let's never be called out criticising another church for its shape or size. Let's just be grateful that the Holy Spirit's showing up there as well. Or showing up hopefully through that online presence as well um, as people surrender their sermons and ask God to get it across the airways in the right way, in a way that's not misunderstood. If ever you feel critical, why don't you stop and think, no, how about I pray for that person, that preacher, that ministry or that church? If we think, oh, maybe they've got it a bit wrong, stop and pray for them as well, that their gathering would glorify God in its size and its format. Let's always, in the gathering that we attend, we're so blessed to be here in person this morning, or if it's online, or if we're on holidays and visiting somewhere else, let's always show up with a good heart. Good, I've got a little bit of time left. (laughs) All right, so historically, biblically, and positionally, the gathering of God's people is powerful. It is a celebration when we gather. It's a declaration. It's a demonstration. It's a vehicle of transformation and It's a source of procreation, and I'll clarify that in context when we get there. Just think maternity hospital, the image I used. (laughs) This is not that sort of a church, all right? (laughs) It's going to be okay. Let's get into it. Gathering is a celebration. At one time, God's people would go to a temple to celebrate Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth. And I love the Psalms, which records the songs of ascent, and They're actually quite um, spatial and lyrical to me when you read them because I actually picture them making their way up to Jerusalem, you know, like it's... And it lifts me when I think of it. But as they head up to their temple, to their gathering, 
the Psalms, you should go and read them, there's a few of them, but just they evoke this wonderful atmosphere of joy and anticipation. So Psalm 122, which is actually called um, in the New Living Translation, there's a little heading there, the joy of going to the house of the Lord, a song of ascents of David. And the first verse says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And there's even an old school song to that, which I won't sing right now. But anyway, was that what was in your heart when you prepared for church this morning? I was glad when they said to me, come on, it's time to get up, to go to the house of the Lord. And I know it was because I can see you here all smiling and happy to be here. Now, later on, the synagogue was used for God's gathering of the people at that time. And it actually translates the word synagogue to bringing together is probably the best English translation. And, you know, this was a necessary invention, the synagogue, because there was that time in history where the temple of Jerusalem that was built by Solomon lay in ruins and the Jews were scattered throughout the whole Mediterranean world uh, from Palestine to Rome to North Africa. And so those meeting spaces, which is also the name of our We War Church, the meeting space, was small, decentralised congregations which preserved the Torah and worship of God and the revelation that he had revealed to his people at that point in time. And so synagogues were all about the assembly of the people, not so much about the building. The building was the uh, what's that word? secondary thing to the gathering. You needed it, but the gathering of the people was all important. Eventually, the early Christian church took the same form of um, distributed congregations, meeting in homes and then in designated buildings. Gathering, we've gone from celebration, we've been to, where will we be last time? Next one. Gathering as a declaration. You're all over this. God's people were urged in Naaman 1.5, the second half. O Judah, keep your appointed feasts. So keeping the feasts in the Old Testament was basically remembering that as you did those special things that were significant, we won't go into all the feasts this morning, we won't have time, but it was basically saying that you were gathering before the Lord as God's chosen people and you were declaring to all the nations around you, all the people who were around you, whether they were in your country or out of the country, that you belonged to God. And that you served him. And so our question for us this morning is, what does my life, what does your life testify to? What practices do we have that reveal our principles and priorities? If someone was looking at our schedule in a week, what would it reveal? And do our gathering habits reveal that we are loyal to him and we make him a priority? And I would suggest because you're all here, I'd say, yes, great start. Gathering matters. I know we talked about staying home for pyjama church. That's cool when we had to do that. But we still gathered. Gathering matters. And your choice to come to church this morning or to tune in online when church is online is actually a statement It's a declaration saying that I belong to God and I value my local church because I'm going to tune into my local church before I hop over to Hillsong or Elevation Church or the chapel in Gunnedah or whatever. 
great if you get to, um, you can look at your phone sometimes, I might have 11 notifications at one time that there's a church starting somewhere. Fantastic. But also check into your own church um, if you're away on holidays or wherever online too. Be part of the gathering. So gathering is a demonstration as well. When Holy Spirit attends the gathering, he shows up and so often there is a demonstration of power, signs and wonders. Or maybe a little bit like um, SJ, one of the words of her songs this morning talked about the gentle presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's demonstrated um, in our midst in some more subtle ways that are beautiful as well. And we know that in Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And it was pretty cool because the Holy Spirit fell down and people spoke in other tongues and there was this dramatic occurrence. But you know what? They would have to be together for that to happen. If they just thought, oh, I'll skip the gathering today, whatever form it was, they could have missed out. And I believe that being together paves the way for the power to come. So that's why I love gathering. And just a quick mention of um, another guy in the New Testament um, who was at a gathering and uh, the gathering was going on and on and on and uh, maybe it wasn't the most riveting meeting or entertaining meeting or whatever. Maybe it wasn't as good as Way Church. I don't know. But anyway, this young guy, (laughs) he actually fell out the window and plunged to his death. In Acts 20, seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. That's what it says. I just love the humour in scripture. When he was sound asleep, there must have been that moment suspended. You know what I mean? (laughs) He fell to the ground from the third storey and was picked up dead. I'll tell you what. Everyone else was awake at that point, even if he wasn't. But wait, there's more. The story doesn't end there because of the power of God that was in that gathering. It says that Paul went down and gathered the teenager up in his arms and said to everyone something like, you know, don't worry. Not to worry. He's alive. And then they all went back upstairs. He got up alive and they shared communion, had a feed. And then Paul continued to talk on and on and on until the dawn. (laughs) first light and the young man went home alive and well and everyone was greatly relieved and nobody else died of boredom. See what you'd miss if you missed the gathering. I know, so good. What a testament to the power and presence of God at the gathering. (laughs) Next, the gathering precedes transformation. So, you know, when we talk about gathering people, it's not just about the crowd and You can see our tagline for our church, Gathering Generations to Jesus. And fundamentally, that is our initial mission that we have. We do it like we're having a gathering at lunch today with the We Are Youth leadership team so that we can gather the youth all together on the coming Friday night. You know, we we gather for small groups. They're gathering at We Wall this afternoon um, for Connect There. So gathering is what we do. I love the gathering. All different generations, different shapes and sizes is what we do. But don't think that that is the end game. It is a catalyst that we use so that the Holy Spirit can do his work of transformation. To be honest, if it was all about us just showing up, 
attending another meeting and going out again, that wouldn't interest me. I wouldn't even come to church for that. I mean, I, I do like you all, but like I love the fact that when we come to church, when we gather, Holy Spirit is here. This is the place where he dwells. You know what? And so the goal in both church meetings and small groups is not just to give you information for you to download. Like information and great teaching is part of it, but the end goal is that God will take that and bring change in your life and my life. That's why we come. That's why we do what we do here. So gather goal for organisers and people that were all on team here early, starting with prayer, was that we just didn't want to see attendees walk in. That's not why we gathered this morning for pre-service prayer and all the teams to get things ready. No, our goal is to build disciples who then build disciples, make disciples who make a difference, which is part of our vision statement. And our desire is that people will come not just from convenience, but from conviction. Conviction trumps convenience and it is the mark of a disciple. Colossians 1, 28, 29 um, in the New International Version says, <clears throat> he's the one we proclaim. Admonishing, I'm just going to get a drink of water. You, you know the rest? No. I was waiting for some spiritual person just to continue on, but that's okay. <laughs> 1 Colossians, no, Colossians 1, 28 to 29. He's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I love that scripture. And some days, like I'm a person that has a lot of natural get up and go and natural energy. But I've had an interesting thing in the last couple of years that's beset me a little bit with low iron and sometimes um, a bit of dizziness on my feet. But this is why I strenuously contend is because I'm committed to do my part in leading people to maturity. And I know that then Christ's energy can work so powerfully in me. So gathering goal for people who walk in the door, that's all of us that just walked in, Let's participate in this transformation process. Let's not come here with like kicking and screaming like someone dragged us along or with a bad attitude. Let's come and participate in this process that will bring a profound change to our character, our condition and who we are if we allow Holy Spirit to do his work. It's always better to come responsive and cooperative. If you're going to show up, you may as well show up in the right way. And finally, I can get the team to come up behind me now, ready, if you like. Um, gathering relates to procreation. Because as we said, if the church is not the place for baby Christians to be birthed or to be brought, what place is? Sometimes, though, you walk into some buildings and it's like it's not about the baby Christians. They wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't like it. They'd be uncomfortable. It's all about the grown-up Christians. So we here at Way always try to have the good meat for everyone to um, digest if they've been in the Lord for a little while, but also to try to create an environment where if you're not saved yet, 
If you're the footy coach that someone's invited to come in for the first time, or you're only a new Christian, that you can come and feel comfortable, welcomed and safe. And so birthing new Christians is the work of the Spirit. But the church has a role in procreation, in delivery and care of those little bubba Christians. And so I'm glad here that we have a great church that mostly people understand what's happening. (laughs) Mostly they go away feeling that they've received something from it. And uh, that's exactly how I like it. Because, you know, I don't ever want the church to be like a club where it's all about the preferences that individuals have and what they want. They want to dominate other people because it's their style. But what we always want here at Way Church is that new people, people who don't have an extensive church background and people who have an experienced church background all together can feel blessed and grow. And I think that's a great balance that we do mostly strike here. So remember, the gathering is all about celebration, declaration, demonstration. You're not just showing up. This gathering is a vehicle for transformation and for procreation as we continue to reproduce other disciples in this place. And so let, I, let me encourage you with this couple of scriptures before the team take over here with another delightful song. It's Hebrews 10.25, which is for all of us. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. So whether you're on site or for those people in Melbourne that are online, let us never neglect gathering together and for those that have not yet said yes to Jesus John 3 3 says I tell you the truth unless you were born again you cannot see the kingdom of God so please make a beeline for me at the end of the service if uh, you would like to find out about being born again if you're not and I'd love to help you with that well thus endeth my message on the gathering